Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What I love about the racing industry and what I love about heading to the sales is talking to the people that love this game, that have put their heart and soul into this industry. Um, they've got the bug, they bleed racing. And one of those is Philip Campbell, who has been in this game of breeding horses and the thoroughbred industry for close to five decades. And uh, he has just sold Blue Gum Farm and they've had such a wonderful history, especially in this state of Victoria. And he joins us now to kick off Giddy Up in the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. Philip, thanks for your time this morning. How do you feel um, as you come towards the end of your time in this wonderful sport? Good morning, Gareth. Um, I feel pretty good, thank you. Um, yeah. We uh, we had uh, a really really strong day there with the farm yesterday. Uh, they had uh, great results with the with the horses that they sent up through the ring, and um, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty much it for Patty and I. And uh, it's um, it's on to uh, another chapter as as far as we're concerned. <laughs> yeah, and is it is it a time when you arrive here and you can look back on what you've been through and the challenges that you face and overcome um what would be when you walk away from the sales in 2023 um what will your feeling be you think when you reflect oh look there's been a lot of great memories gareth that's for sure um the first sale at oakland's junction was in 1982 and uh and i was there and um we actually sold the highest price filly in Australia uh, that year uh, at that sale. Um, she actually didn't race, but she made her place in history by becoming the Grand Dam of the Great Saintly. Um, and from that time onwards, we've sold many, many top-class racehorses. Uh, we've topped uh, a number of sales. We've uh, topped a, a lot of uh, grosses at the sales. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of great friends and clients that have been along for the ride and um, yeah look there's been a lot of great times that we will look back on uh, very very fondly uh, when we're reflecting for sure. Philip Jackson France here thanks for joining us on the program obviously you mentioned that it's a bit of relief now that you've managed to sold the farm and then move on but how has the emotion been over the last few days or so as you mentioned it was a great result there with the zoo star Jester Jingle selling for $500,000. Um, yeah, look, it, it's funny how it all came about, Jackson. I mean, uh, Patty and I would uh, still be there at the helm uh, right now if it wasn't for the fact that uh, Jason and Mel Stenning and Sean and Kathy Dingwall came knocking on our door um, not long after this time last year, really. They uh, they came along and, uh, and attended our yearling parade at... Uh, at the farm in February of last year and uh, they were very, very taken with what they saw and how, how the team at the farm there did things and uh, obviously the results that we were attaining and um, they, uh, they showed a great interest in, uh, in buying the farm and the business and one thing led to another. So, um, yeah, otherwise it, it would have just been business as usual for us but now it's business as usual for them. They go forward with the wonderful team of people both with the horses and on the farm that Patty and I 
had been working with for a number of years and um, I guess nothing really changes at the farm except that uh, Paddy and I are out and Sean and Kathy and Jason and Mel are in and uh, it was really fun to be associated with the team uh, again at the, this sale and uh, to see the horses that um, pretty much the, the last bunch of horses that I had anything to do with at the farm go through the uh, through the sale and I heard you saying in the intro that it, you know it's you know getting a little bit trickier, a little bit stickier, and uh, you know that's that's obvious with the economic conditions and whatnot that we're experiencing now. But um, I think the sales held up uh, very very well, and it's been uh, terrific to see Blue Gum at the helm again. So, Philip, you, you you closed the book on the Blue Gum Farm chapter for yourself and Patty. Do you try and? stay in the game or do you move away and, and start a new chapter and find new goals and um, uh, have a new direction in life? Oh, no, we'll stay involved in a very small way, Gareth. Um, we yeah. still retain ownership in uh, in five mares. Um, uh, we own uh, Jester Jingle with uh, two very, very good friends and clients of ours and she's just had a beautiful schnitzel filly, full sister to Brooknell weaned off her and she's back in fold of schnitzel. Um, we have another schnitzel colt there out of a beautifully bred mare uh, that we sold a nice street boss filly out of earlier this week, a mare named Beaujolais. Um We have uh, a terrific group winning mare that Anthony Cummings used to train, Vergara. She's currently in fold of Zoostar. She's got a schnitzel colt that's going through the Easter sales. So we will continue to breed um, a few, uh, race a few, sell a few and uh, be involved in that aspect, but obviously not be involved in the day-to-day running of a uh, of a major concern, which um, Blue Gum was and obviously still is. Your family, Philip, have stood some fantastic stallions over the years, namely in Costa Delago, Rancho Ruba and Rubiton. Um, probably over the last 15 or so years, there was a little bit of drop-off with the stallions in Victoria, but now we see that it's really kicked. You've got some fantastic stallions standing at Yearlong and now Rosemont as well, some significant investment. We see Dali here in Victoria. And with the news that Flying Artie will come to uh, Blue Gom Farm under the new management, what do you make of the Victorian uh, breeding industry as a whole where it's currently positioned? Oh, look, uh, those farms that you mentioned have have made a great impact as far as their stallion rosters here in Victoria are concerned. I'm sure that there are less mares needing to travel interstate uh, to visit top stallions, and it looks like that investment in stallions here in Victoria is only going to continue. Um, So, look, we were for a long time running a poor second to um, New South Wales and the Hunter Valley stallions, but thanks to... Uh, you know, the farms that you mentioned, Dali and Yulong and Rosemont and uh, Swettenham and, and these sort of uh, establishments, uh, clearly that is changing and changing for the better. And, uh, you know, I, I applaud the investment and the, uh, uh, the uh, well, what am I trying to say? The Just the, well, the faith in the Victorian yeah. industry that those people are showing. I mean, it's, um, it, it's a very, very expensive pastime and... Uh, you know, the, the faith that those folks are showing in the Victorian industry is immense and uh, they're, they're to be, uh, uh, they're to be um, thanked very much for sure. We're Philip Campbell here from Blue Gum Farm who ends up his time at Blue Gum Farm after more than four decades and has done a wonderful job with that farm based in Yarrow, just outside about an hour and a half out of uh, Melbourne in the northern eastern part of Victoria. Um, we are live from Oakland's Junction for the final day of the English uh, Premier Yearling Sale here 
um, in Melbourne. Now, Philip, who's the most respect, uh, respected breeder that you have come across in your time in the game? No. I've got to put you on the spot. Um, all right, then. There's been a lot of great breeders. Who's been the, the stallion that you've most admired? Oh, dear idea. Um, oh, well, I'll, I'll be very, very biased um, and, uh, and say in Costa de Lago. Um, yep. He was the first horse in the Southern Hemisphere to ever cover 200 mares um, in a season. Uh, obviously, working very, very closely with him, I know that um, he had the most amazing uh, appetite for work. Um, you know, it, it's all well and good for these stallions to become popular and, and have large numbers of mares assembled for them, but it's not every individual that can take care of what's required to get those mares in foal. And um, Encosta was an absolute ripper. Uh, I just remember uh, breeding uh, large numbers of mares to him for days on end, and he would just front up and, uh, and do the job. And 15, 16 days later the greater majority of those mares would be going through the crush uh, uh, showing pregnancy. So he, he was the first stallion that I worked with that um, covered anywhere near those numbers. As I say, he was the first in Australia to cover 200 mares and I, I had the utmost respect for him. I really did. It's such a tough game to have success in. There's so many risks involved with getting mares into foal and then getting them to the point and then onto the race as well to have the success. But what has been the success... Uh, what do you believe has been the secret to your family's success over such an extended period of time? Um, working with great people, um, Jackson, um, management uh, procedures, uh, attention to detail. Um, we've always been lucky enough to work with great people at Bluegum. Um, and we've also been exceptionally lucky to work with, um, you know, the leading equine reproductive veterinarian in the world in Angus McKinnon. Um, you know, Angus's contribution to our figures and results as far as the fertility with the stallions is concerned has been uh, amazing. Um, I, I miss working with him. He's a real character, um, but he takes every mare very, very individually, and uh, that shows in the results. So there's no doubt here. Look, I can promise you it's not just a matter of giving the stallion and the mare the keys to the car and sending them to the drive-in. There's a hell of a lot that's... Uh, that's involved in getting these mares in foal and then all the way through pregnancy, through foaling and then raising the foals. And uh, that doesn't come down to any one person. That comes down to a great team. And uh, I honestly believe that we've always had a great team at Bluegum. Why do you love the thoroughbred so much, Philip? Oh, I don't, I don't know, Gareth. I was very, very lucky as a young fella. Um, my mum and dad always had a little tiny farm on the outskirts of Melbourne. I mean, I laugh about it now when I think yeah. where those places were. The first one was on Anderson's Creek Road, East Doncaster. Um, and that was a magic little property. Um, I feel so lucky to have grown up where I did. And uh, there were always a few um, mares floating about the place because my dad loved it. Um, his dad loved it. So I was exposed to the animals from a um, from a very very early age, and uh, yeah, I guess um, my interest in the in the industry and uh, and what happened there continued to grow and grow. But I guess because I was exposed to it for such uh, from such an early age, uh, definitely had something uh, to do with it. Um, 
And from there, it just grew and grew. I mean, um, from East Doncaster, we moved out to uh, a little farm at Wonga Park. Um, and then my folks bought uh, 140 acres up at Euroa. And as a 19-year-old, I think I moved up uh, to Euroa and, um, and ran the farm from there. And it just continued to grow. We continued to collect clients, great clients. And... Um, Patty and I bought the farm from um, my mum and dad uh, 20-odd years ago now, and uh, it grew to, I think it was between seven and 800 acres in the end, and it's a beautifully set-up farm um, nestled there right at the foothills of the Strathbogie Ranges. Uh, the soil is wonderful. It has great carrying capacity. I've always maintained that if you look after the farm, it will look after you, and uh, We've worked very, very hard at looking after the farm and there's no doubt it's looked after us and it really is a terrific property. Now, the last question before we let you go, Philip. Jacko, you've just started breeding. How many horses have you bred? Uh, so I just got the one mare in foal at the moment. Unfortunately, yep. she slipped to headwater last year, but she's currently safely in foal to Blue Point yep. at the moment. So fingers and toes crossed, the Blue Point's have been selling well. That, yep. um, you know, four of a kind, the Eurozone mare, can put a nice foal on the ground. So Jacko's got a great passion for the game, but he's starting to um, get into the breeding and loving this side of the game, Philip. What would your advice be to someone like a young Jackson France? He's just starting off. Um, yeah, just be careful not to let emotions um, interfere with common sense. Um, <laughs> you know, you've, you've got to make sure that um, your animal is able to look after you and you've got to look after your animal. Um, and uh, if you look after your animal and, uh, you know, if in the case of a broodmare, if she's not up to scratch, well, then, you know, you need to move her on and find another one. But I think a lot of people can get trapped um, trying to continue on with something that's not going to do the job for you, uh, and I don't, I don't mean to sound heartless or anything like that. I mean, I, I, I do love the actual animal, uh, and uh, if you're prepared to take them on, well, then you've got to look after them and give them a chance. But then, um, you know, they've also got to repay you if uh, if you do that. So uh, that that would probably be uh, some advice that I would pass on. Philip, you should be so proud of them with Paddy. What? you've been able to achieve in the game, especially at Blue Gum Farm. And I love racing, got into racing because of a horse by the name of Saintly. He's the reason why I've got a great passion for the game. So you're the man I need to thank um, after listening to your story today. So I appreciate you, Philip. Well done and um, good luck for whatever um, um, is down the track for you. We appreciate your time here on Giddy Up. No problems at all, boys. Thank you very much. It's always great to catch up with our... Next guest, who's been a star trainer for many a year, Nick Olive, and he's got some three-year-old filly that was dominant to take out the um, Maruya Country Championship heat on the weekend. I speak of Kimberly Secrets, who's a three-year-old filly that's going places. She's now into $11 for the Country Championship final at Randwick on the 1st of April. Um, she makes her own luck. She's very, very good. Six starts for four wins now. Nick joins us on the line for the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. Well done, Nick. Um, she is a star filly. Yeah, she is. Thanks very much. Um, were you expecting what she did there on the weekend? Oh, look, I probably weren't expecting. You know, we didn't know. She's, she's uh, been a filly that's probably fairly progressive and you know we never sort of got to the bottom of her um we knew she was going well but i thought she was very dominant on on sunday 
So as a three-year-old filly, was it when you put her in work this campaign, was this always the goal to get her ready for a country championship? No, nah, not at all. Look, I, you know, I thought it was probably come all a bit too soon for her. Um, you know, I was just interested in placing her to win races. and um, But, you know, as, she, as things went along and talking to Billy, her track wet rider, it just sort of thought we'd, she'd appreciate getting over a bit more ground. And, and after a run at Gosford, um, you know, we, we thought if we get into the country championships, because we're the last horse in, um, we'd, we'd probably run up. So she was really um, dominant over the 1,400 metres on pace. Um, going towards the final now on that 1st of April at Rural Roundwick, are you starting to believe that she can actually win it? Yeah, look, I think she goes in with a red-hot chance for sure. You know, obviously there's yeah. still a lot of time between now and then and, and you know, things have got to go right. But, um, yeah, I, I think she's, you know, she's very progressive, Um I think she's got the advantage of being... She she can probably be ridden anywhere, too. She's very adaptable. Um, yeah, so, look, I, I think she's going to go in with a red-hot chance, everything going well between now and then. So what do you do with her um, before the final? <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to work that out myself. And just... She's <laughs> pulled up really well. Um, just... Uh, I just want her to sort of tell me this week what we need to do with her and probably leaning towards just giving her a trial and, and heading straight to the final in, you know, three and a, three and a bit weeks. Um, yeah, but she'll, she'll sort of let us know as the week goes along. And I guess that's been the challenge for the trainers that have been able, have been lucky enough to qualify horses for the country championship final. You have the heats sometimes six to seven weeks out before the final. So, um, there's a few headaches trying to work out the best plan to get your horse there and their best form for the rich final. Yeah, for sure. You know, look, it's it's probably different for everyone depending where your heat lands. And, yeah. um, you, you know, I, I think some of the guys probably, you know, give their horses little let-ups and then wind them up again. It's sort of, yeah, but that, that's part of the challenge. You know, it's all there in front of us. We know we know when we where our heat is and knowing the final is if we make it. So it's it's just all part of trying to get your horse 100% on the day. What happens with the, the jock? Jess Taylor did a really good job there to take out the Maria heat. Do you stay with Jess or if James McDonald comes ringing or some of the other big guns there in Sydney that you go for a Sydney-based jockey or a Metro-based jockey, Nick? Yeah, look, Jess, Jess did a super job on Sunday. She rode the horse an absolute treat. So I need to probably sit down with the owners and work out where, we, where we're going to go um, with that. You know, I, Jess, Jess would be do a great job on the horse, but obviously, you know, you'd only get one chance at these sort of races yeah. and you want to make sure everything's kicked off at 100%, you know, the level you can get it. And what's the feeling amongst the ownership group? I see that you lead the way there, mate, but... Are they excited to head to Randwick to race for some terrific prize money? Yeah, they, they are. They're, they're <laughs> overexcited at the best of times, these owners. <laughs> so uh, with this going on there, there was, there was a lot of hugging and backslapping and kissing each other on the on Sunday. Yeah, you enjoying life at the moment. You seem to be going great guns, as always, Nick. But um, from the sale season and getting new owners into the game, being based at Queen Bee in these days. How are you finding it? Yeah, look, I, I've, I've probably turned over a new leaf for myself, to be honest. Like, it's just, 
um, you, you know, in Queanbeyan now. So I've got all that stress of what was sort of going on at Canberra off my shoulders and just really focused on training horses now and not, not having to worry about, you know, having to pay for this and that. So it's, it's, yeah. it's really been, it's, it's sort of been a reinvention for me, I feel, you know, and um, just a just a nice rural environment we're in now. And it's, yeah, it's really great. I'm, I'm loving it and all the staff are loving it too. And, and most of all, the horses are loving it. It's amazing what a change in, in scenery can do, but also the freedom of the mind in a way when you can start to enjoy life. Yeah, that's right. I think the freedom of the mind's the the, the best thing, yeah. you know, like to, to to walk around with a big smile on your face and, and not thinking yeah. in the back of your mind, you know, am I still going to be around in six months' time is, is just a great feeling and just, just gives you the freedom to do what, you know, you love to do and, and do it at the best level you can. Yeah, and that was sad, isn't it, really, to see what's happening in Canberra? Yeah, it's really sad, mate. Like, I was there for 20 years, 25 years training, you know, and, um, you know, I still live in Canberra and still passionate about the, the, the Canberra industry. And, you know, I, I really hope Darren and his team can turn around and, and get things back on track. But, you know, they've just got to get uh, politicians on side, which is a pretty hard thing here. Yeah, and it's it's not really fair when you've got a passion, you know what, you do for the game and the love that you have for the animals and then you've got politicians just looking for votes and not understanding the game, trying to, to make a political statement and they don't realise what they're doing to so many so many lives in, in the racing industry. Yeah, it, it is sad and, you know, it's just frustrating that, you know, we invite them out to come have a look and stuff and they just, they're just not yeah. interested, you know. They're not even interested in seeing, you know, what it means to people and coming out and have a look. But... I don't want to go too too much down that alley. I'm, I'm, I've got that off my mind now. So, um, well, you you, yeah, you I, keep on you keep on inspiring, mate. And this will be a great story if Kimberly Secret, uh, Kimberly Secrets can get the job done. That country championship and Canberra and Queanbeyan will be going off. Do you find that the the region gets behind you as well? Because it's a a little bit like when you're playing country league football or you're taking on the different parts of the state, there's always a little bit of rivalry amongst um, the, the different parts of um, the state when you compete in, in, a, in a sporting field. Have you found that, Nick? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that you know, the community, both Canberra and Queanbeyan have been right behind us, which has been fabulous. And I'm sure this area will be cheering her on in the final. Good on you, mate. Well done. and Good luck um, over the next three weeks leading up to that final. Nah, thanks, Gareth. I really appreciate it, mate. Uh, just quickly, mate, if we want to get involved with your stable, um, if you purchased a horse, you would have purchased a few horses, I would imagine, during the sales yeah. season. How do we go about doing that, mate? Yeah, a couple of horses up on the website there if people want to have a look. Yep. Or, As always, I'm a pretty approachable guy. They can just pick up the phone, give me a call, or send me an email. All right, mate. Love it. Good luck. Go and get them. Thanks, mate. In WA, one of the most beautiful parts of the world is Esperance and their racing club do a wonderful job. They race throughout the slash spring, summer, early part of the autumn, very early part of the autumn because that was their last meeting on Sunday was their cup meeting and WA's leading trainer who is clearly winning the training premiership at the moment. He's 23 victories ahead of Neville Parnham on 69 wins and he quinelled the Esperance Cup 
on Sunday afternoon. I speak of Adam Duran and he joins us now. Adam, good morning to you. Well done, mate. Esperance. So did you go and take your team there? You won the Esperance Cup and then you probably did a bit of fishing and diving. Would I be right? So say hello to you. <laughs> yeah, g'day, Gareth. Uh, no, no fishing and diving. Um, no diving down that part of the world, mate. There's those big, uh, <laughs> yes, big great whites yes. down there. So I, I keep my diving to the northwest of WA. They're, uh, the sharks aren't as big and they're a bit better fed. So I, uh, I get in the water and I look too much like a seal. So they... Uh, they're probably attracted to me up uh, down south. Geez, the breed of Russian playmate. Geez, but she's been a beautiful broodmare for your family. Of course, she is uh, the mother of Soviet spy, the five-year-old son of Black Friars who took out the Esperance Cup. And he's done a really good job, but that was a dominant victory there on the weekend, I thought. Yeah, he has. He's, uh, he's been a, a good sort of bread and butter type stayer and, He's not going to sort of elevate to his brother's level that won the, the group one in Sydney, but yeah. um, he unfortunately had a bad injury as a young horse when he was getting broken in, and that's probably held him back because he's certainly a, a lovely type and probably just missing a gear from that uh, from that little leg injury. But um, nevertheless, he's uh, he's done a great job for the team and, and the syndicate that got involved with him. He's uh, been a heap of fun. You seem to be... You, you... Your team travel everywhere. You go up to Geraldton. You, you travel to Albany on a regular basis, and you target these country cups like the Esperance Cup. Um, you must really enjoy getting out to the bush, and you've got that ability to place your horses in these type of races and get the job done, Adam. Yeah, I do. I do like travelling. It's um, you know it's good to catch up with the the country guys, and um, and it gives you a bit of a, uh, a point of difference from the day to day sort of repetitiveness of uh of the sort of city training so it is nice to uh to get off on those weekends and not that you make much of a day of it we're up and back in uh in within sort of 48 hours but still uh we terrorized esperance for the for the night and then uh got the car and headed home but um very lucky that we can spread our horses out a little bit and they probably these two boys at cornell of the cup they probably lack that uh, little bit of uh, ability to go the pinjara bunbury cups coming up but um, yeah, Albany, Esperance, Geraldton Cups, they fit beautifully in there and, and their ratings, where they're at the ratings, they sort of uh, get in there with a uh, with a winnable weight as well at this stage of their career. And a lot of volunteers do a lot of hard work to get clubs like Esperance up and running and to have the season that they have. But I think it's terrific that you get to have the state's leading trainer and then William Pike rocks up and, and rides four winners, which... I've got no doubt gets extra people through the gates when you've got the best on show. Yeah, I guess um, you look at those tracks as well. You Geraldton and Albany, they're they're as good a track as anywhere in Australia. And yeah. you know the surfaces that they produce and prepare for for these horses, you you wouldn't be frightened to take uh, take anything down there. It's uh, phenomenal, and a lot of it is, you know, volunteer work and. Uh, it's uh, it's it's great to see, but I guess uh, two points for the. <laughs> some people say it's a good thing for the clubs having us come down there, and other people, you know, can uh, can sort of dislike it a bit. But uh, said until they put toll booths, uh, you know, coming into coming into the city tracks, which uh, yeah. everyone's entitled to go do, I'll uh, I'll be heading in the other direction and trying to get the best results for my clients. So it's uh, it's it's uh, it's hundred thousand dollar cups that's certainly yeah. uh, worthwhile uh, getting down there and trying to win them with. Uh, been plenty of times and had our ass kicked, so we're uh, we're entitled to win it every now and then. Hundred percent. Everyone should inspire to be the best. And if you've got a group of owners, I'm just looking at the ownership group there in Soviet Spy. 
they love their game. They love their racing, and I would imagine they would have um, got a really a massive thrill out of winning a, an Esperance Cup there on, on Sunday afternoon. So if people want to invest in this game, good on them, and everybody should say well done. And um, your shout at the at the bar there after you win an Esperance Cup. So. Yeah, I think it's terrific that you can raise for prize money like that in WA, like $100,000. It's a lot of prize money for a race like an Esperance Cup. It is, yeah. They're all, all the country cups have elevated the last couple of years, and I think the quality of uh, quality of horses is, is definitely improving. And uh, as I say, they're not easy to win. There's some good, uh, very good quality horsewomen and horsewomen down uh, down your southwest and, and north of WA. and. Yeah, I said we've gone home with our tail between our legs uh, plenty of times, and uh, and all those owners that are in those horses have had plenty of slow horses as well. So they're yeah. good investors into the stable and, and in the industry. So you need to get a uh, you need to get a win sometimes to keep things rolling. Adam Durant's top three country cups in WA to visit. So if you if you if we're listening in the eastern part of the country, where would you recommend? I reckon Broome Cup would have to be high on your agenda. Yeah, Broome's probably just number one. It's for lifestyle and that you can get up there yep. for the week and uh, and travel. But certainly, a uh, point of difference. The other other end of Western Australia, Esperance. It's a uh, if you're looking for a uh, you know Esperance Albany Cups. If you're looking for a, you know a holiday, um, you look at the sort of scenery and what uh, what you can do down those places. It's plenty to do and see, and they're uh, they're a beautiful part of the world. So you've given me two Broome Esperance. What would be the other one? Probably Albany, sort of a yeah. little bit similar to Esperance, but um, the other ones you've got to sort of head. Uh, Gascoigne Junction's not a bad one. That's a bit of fun yes. if you're, uh, you're a cowboy and you like a, like a few emu exports, but uh, that's a different story the way you wake up at those places. Yeah. To, uh, yeah. Broome and uh, you wake up at Cable Beach when you go to Broome, Gascoigne Junction, you wake up in the Pindan with, uh, with uh, <laughs> the missing sometimes. I've got a couple of text messages coming through. People are giving, want to give you a job, Adam. You need to find us a horse for the Broome Cup, and we want to go to Broome. We might have a giddy-up syndicate. Yeah, that sounds all right. I'll, uh, I'll start hunting around. We can always right, uh, rustle something up. Go and get there, mate. Well done on the weekend, and uh, you know, you're the king of the country there in WA. There's no doubt about that. Well done, and we'll catch up with you down the track, mate. Thank you. My top three moments in country Australia over the last week. We'll do this each and every week, and you can send me in yours, 0499 736 and let me know if you agree or disagree. One vote to William Pike. I know he's not from the country, but it's great to see the champ get to Esperance in WA and ride four winners and put on a little bit of a, a show there for the locals for their cup meeting. And of course, he took out the cup with Soviet spy for Adam Durant. So Pikey gets one vote. Nick Olive, we heard him earlier on in the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. He's done a wonderful job with a three-year-old filly by the name of Kimberly Secrets, who is now into $11 for the country championship. But Nick's relocated from Canberra to Queen Bean. He's a very passionate man about this racing game. Obviously, a lot of the Canberra trainers have been through a lot, what's been happening from a political point of view in Canberra. And they've been fighting for their livelihoods in a way. And he had to make the move to Queen Bee. And he's got a good filly. And he deserves to win a country championship. So he gets my two votes. And three votes to Nathan Turnbull. He has taken harness racing by storm in his home state of New South Wales. Of course, he's from the famous Turnbull family in Bathurst. He's the leading 
country trainer in New South Wales, but on Saturday night he achieved his biggest feat in the game, winning the Group 1 New South Wales derby with Better Be The Best, who was absolutely sensational to win that Group 1 feature after doing some work at the start of the race and then holding off um, some challenges in the concluding stages. So Nathan Turnbull gets my three three votes. He is the star of this week in my eyes. And there are my three votes there for the Bet365 Country Racing Hour for the key moments over the last week. Now, Mickey Gaddon joins us from uh, the great tip-off for his Black Bookers in New South Wales. Hello to you, Mickey. Morning, Jay, and I couldn't agree with you more, mate. Kimberly's Secrets win was just fantastic, and Nick Hollis is doing a great job. And uh, for the punters out there, we did actually Black Booker a few weeks ago, Jay. We did. Would you take the $11 for the country championship final? I think it's one of those things, isn't it, mate, where there's so much to play out and by the time you get to race day, you're probably going to get the same price and you know what barrier she's from. So just definitely hold tight there. Um, I think anything, if you're taking it all in play, you want to be around $20 for anything at the moment. All right, mate, let's get stuck into your black bookers. What about the northern part of New South Wales to kick off? Yeah, I just had a chat with Scott Singleton and um, Melody again is a horse to follow. She's a very promising filly. She ran the fastest last 600 metres uh, over the 1,200 last start. She'll go to the 1,400 metres more, more than likely second up. Scone the 19th, we'll see Melody again, and this horse is very progressive. She's a talent, G. So chuck that one in your Black Rocks punters. Uh, Melody again, Scone, the ninth, uh, sorry, at Scone on the 19th of March. Mitchie Bear's been spending up at the sales here in Melbourne and the Aubrey Cup Carnival's not far away. So you've got a black booker for us from the beer camp in the southern part of New South Wales? Yeah, a staying pipe called Old Greg. Two Gs there uh, at the end of Greg. Uh, we'll head to uh, Aubrey on the 24th of March, but last start went out to the 2,000 metres and he actually ran the eight fastest last 200 metres of the meeting, which is a pretty impressive feat on a day where it was the country championships qualifier over 400 metres, so there's some high-quality horses going around, and this horse has produced the eighth fastest last 200 metres. So the step up to the 2,400 metres is ideal for this horse because he just settles really, really well, but still has that nice little sprint at the end. I think the 2,400 metres is uh, perfect, and he'll be giving him a staying lesson, G, on the 24th of March. So Melody again and Old Greg, your two black bookers there from racing in New South Wales and the country area over last week. Mickey Gannon, love your work. Looking forward to catching up with you with Bag of Tips in just a moment, mate. Good stuff. Thanks, G. The Giddy Up Bag of Tips for Oz Equipment Rentals. Supplying equipment to the construction, mining and roadworks industries. OzEquipment.com. Let's find you a winner on this Tuesday, the 7th of March, across the three codes. And today's wagering update brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. And we're doing, of course, bag of tips for the best pub in the Mallee as well, the Ultima Hotel. Looking forward to that Swan Hill Carnival, which isn't far away these days in the middle part of June. They're racing at Taree in country New South Wales, on this Tuesday, Mickey Gannon is back. Hello to you, Mick. Morning, G. Back again, mate. And yeah, Tyree Racing. It's a pretty competitive card, mate. So, uh, tell you what, I'm going to go to the first race, G. We're going to try to kick off nice and early with an equal favourite here in the first. Fantastic Galaxy. Andrew Gibbons aboard for Adam Duggan. This horse was formerly chained by Maranustis. 
and uh, has had two nice trials for Adam Duggan, who can get these horses up and going early. It's very good in its last trial, G. Drawn Barrier 1, Gibbons is a, one of the better jockeys in the area. Should be getting the job done if we can get a repeat dose of what we saw in the last trial, G. Race 1, number 4, fantastic galaxy to kick off the day. Then what do we do after that, mate? Yeah, then we're going to go down to race five, and there's a horse here, Moon Over Alice. Uh, CJ Graham's aboard. CJ's been in pretty good form of late since coming back from a bit of a layoff. And what we'll see here is a horse that's won two on the trot, and it's in career best form, mate. This horse, she only really has to come back and repeat what she's been doing um, to be competitive here. She'll roll forward up to the 1,600 metres. She's going to give a massive sight. And at $4, looks a bit of value, mate. I had a mark $3. So... Moon over Alice, race five, number five, is the last of our best bets today, G. So, Moon over Alice, you can get around 4.20 for Moon over Alice. It's race five, number five. A few text messages are coming through over the last couple of days. Gareth, what happened to the $10,000, 10-day challenge? Now, we were down about $50, I think. Yes, we were $50. So, we, we took a week off, but we'll kick proceedings off again. I think the closest we got was five winners and we finished second when we're going for our sixth winner on the trot so we need to get to 10 so mickey gannon are you going to have a crack today to kick off proceedings or would you rather wait for another day no you know i'm always ready for the new ball g let's just throw it to me and i'll take uh, race one number four fantastic galaxy to kick off two dollars eighty with bet three six five that'll do us mickey g love your work and if we want to get your full set of tips and of course Follow your selections throughout the week. You've got a terrific offer on $25. Get you a full week subscription. Is that right? To all of your tips across the New South Wales meetings, including Saturday? That's correct, mate. That includes Saturday, which is the uh, full staking plan, speed maps and rated prices. Just head to thegreattipoff.com, search Mick Gannon, and it's all there for you. Love your work, Mickey G. Thanks for that. Thanks, mate. Enjoy Rockhampton, the mailman, likes race five, number four, and that's Canny Impact, so that's race five, number four. Darren Carroll, he's a man that everybody's building a statue of because he just tips winners for fun, and he joins us today once again. Hello to you, Daz. We'll save you towards the back end of this challenge if we get um, that far because we need you when the stakes are high. Uh, I appreciate that, Gareth. We'll see how we go. Yeah. Are you are uh, making doing? a trip to Birdship this week, by the way? I don't. I can't get there, unfortunately, because I'm in Queensland for the nutrient sale. Mm. But I, for I all would... those listeners out there, if they can get to one meeting of the year, this is the meeting they want to get to. It is a cracker of a meeting. So Birdship Sunday, get there if you can. Do you know what? I'll get the lads on. I had this idea for Birdship, all right, Daz, and yeah. I and I try to, I try to drum up the committee, and I was talking to Sharpie. I said, why don't we make the Mallee Bull Cup is the biggest country race in the country. And we'll do a little bit like they do at the Little Brown Jug. And we'll have a BNS ball on the Saturday and we'll race on the Sunday. We can get some people involved to buy a slot. We'll have a slot race. So I was thinking, and I would have sold the slots within 24 hours. We need half a million. It could be a half a million dollar final. We need to upgrade the track a little bit, but... They've got a bit of money in the melee these days because the farmers have just been dominating. It cost about sixty or seven to put uh, to fix up the camber there on those turns of Birchip, but that would be one hell of a weekend. So, I, I um, the club never got back to me, Sharpie. So I'm just trying to rev them up on air um, because it can be done, and there's a lot of passionate people 
that sure work for, work for that Birchip, yeah, that, that Birchip Trotting Club because they basically picked that club up when they were finished. So I thought racing was done and dusted at Birchip, but they've done a wonderful job. But I think they can make it bigger and better. And oh, if you true. make a half a million dollar race, then you're definitely going to get nominations, <laughs> aren't you? Half a million dollars around Birchip. That would be fun. Yep. So right, don't rule it out. Don't, don't rule it out just yet, Daz. And the way you're going, you would have been able to purchase a slot. <laughs> yeah, good on you. I'm actually doing the punters club for uh, for Birchip on Sunday. So, um, yep. so if you're there, come and say come, come and say good day. Um, so we start off. We've got uh, three races I'm keen on tonight, Gareth. Um, race five, number three, Colonia Courage. It's had the four runs for Vincent Longer Stable. It's won its last two in really good fashion over the sprint distance, which is the same distance as tonight. It's got really good gate speed. Um, I'm just not sure whether they'll use it or whether they think because the last two starts has come off the back rows and one that they might think it's better with the sit, but it's got options. Um, I expect they'll go to the front. Um, it's always the place to be over the sprint distance. And, um, yeah, I think it's just a horse that's in really good form and comes out of some strong races. So, um, very keen race by number three, Colonia Curry, to get our night off to a start. Then we go to race eight, number nine, Mongiana. Um, this also just found a really suitable race tonight. The small field just helps with eight runners. It uh, just negates the poor draw. Um, it's not naturally a front-of-the-field kind of horse anyhow, so it's not the kind of horse that needs to lead. Um, the Steve O'Donoghue, Rebecca Bartley stable's in really good form. Um, Stacks back that up. They've had nine winners so far this year over two months. Last season, they had 12 winners for the season. So that just goes to show what good form the stable's in and all the trials indicative horses they've got coming um, back to the races just indicate that they've got a really, really good team. So keep an eye on that stable. So really keen. It's the best of the night. Race eight, number nine, Mongiana. Um, and I'll finish off one in the last race at a bit of value. Um, probably looking at me going, what am I tipping this thing for? But race 12, number one, Cassiopeia. It's got terrible figure form. Um, hasn't won a race for nearly three years. It's had two runs from the spell that have been fair only. But I really, really liked its recent trial at this track um, only last week. Um, it's going to go around about $8 or so, and it, and it deserves to be. So don't jump into the early price. It's too short at the moment. I think it gets a nice run on the fence. It'll either be leaders back or three fence at worst and at an each-way price. No moral by any means, but I just think it's worth a bet um, at some value to finish off our night. So there's the three. Race five, number three, Colonial Courage. Race eight, number nine, Mongiana. We finish with race 12, number one, Cassiopeia, each-way. So we've got Birch at this Sunday, and then the Mildura Cup Carnival's not far away. Not far away at all. You making your way to, to Mildura, Gareth, or...? Well, I've got to check my diary, Daz. I don't know where I am. I've got a lot of travel. I've got Sydney, Queensland. We've got to go to Perth for the Quokka, but we'll see if we can get to Mildura. And don't forget Charlton as well. Charlton's the following Sunday. We've got that punters club. Yes. Yeah, that's right. It's a great day. So. Well, mm. I might need you to represent me, Daz, on behalf of Giddy Up, but they tell me they want to have a competition in Birchip, a match race, Brett v. Daz, the two Carroll brothers. I wonder who <laughs> I'd back there these days. No, I'd be backing Brett, um, but uh, he's not making Birchett this year, but uh, he'd beat me by uh, length and straight at the moment. So, yeah. He's well, uh, into his running. Well, you go and get him, Dads, and we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Good luck today. See you, guys. Cheers.
Now, at Albion Park, we've got one for the interstate punters. Race six, number one. I think we can back with a little bit of confidence. So race six, number one. And at Gloucester Park, well done to Diego, who took out his second Pinjara Cup there yesterday in the West. I think we can make some money a little later on in the program. Fly to fame. I think finds the front. It'll be hard to beat for Cat Warwick and Chris Lewis. I know it's short, but maybe you can multi it up with that Albion Park bet. Race six, number one, into race seven, number three. The Greyhound Super Series presents the Country Classic, Saturday, 18th of March. Simon Orchard joins us. G'day, Simon. Morning, G. Oh, how's the old check the diary you've just launched there at Port Daz? Come on, mate. You can get down Unbelievable. the well, I just got to check the door. I don't know if I'm on holidays or not, Simon, but you can't be everywhere unlike you these days, brother. No, you can't, mate. I'm not tipping you're going to be at Bulleye today, but hopefully we can make some money no. there, mate. Look, race seven, number one, Rebel Garth, best on the card at Bulleye this afternoon. This guy drops out of the Bulleye Gold Cup final and the Richmond Straight Track final in the last month. He's in a fifth grade event today, really quick early, so hopefully the rails draw helps. Couple that with the fact, Gareth, that the two dogs should run some nice cover. Hopefully this guy can pinch a bit of a break. My biggest worry is Mandalore out in the eight. Big, loading dog. If it gets free, move, free room to room, to really move, I think that big Bulleye straight could be a little query for Rebel Garth late, but I like Rebel Garth. Race seven, number one, best on the card at Bulleye. Grafton tonight, mate. Race 12, number seven, Daily Magic. Lucky last on the program. And having a look at the market, we're probably lucky to be getting $2. I think that's over the Daily Magic at the moment. Um, just really enjoying the Masters series. His last three starts, he's had three wins. You only need to have a look at his form and the times that he's running to realise that he's probably a step above the Masters grade at the moment. A month ago, Gareth, this dog was racing against the likes of Thunderbolt winner Integrity Mate and Thunderbolt finalist Orson Laurie. Now he's in the Masters series. They're just not the same gravy at the moment, and he's a really good bet tonight. Race 12, number seven, Daily Magic at Grafton. And then we finish off, mate, as always, Gosford, Tuesday night. Race six, number one, Rebel Ethics. 260 favourite, having his second run back from a spell. He won last week at Wenty Park. I watched the replay last night. The time wasn't anything flash, but he was just loping along across the back straight at Wenty Park, and he swept around him on the home bend, put him to bed really easily. He's looking for 600. He gets that tonight. He draws the one. He's got a really good record there, and he's the only dog to have gone sub-35 over the Gosford 602. So I think he's a good bet as well. Race 6, number one, Rebel Ethics. Mate, you let me know if you want to come out to any of the tracks anytime soon. I'm ready to go. I just need an invite, brother. Thanks for that. I might go I might go to Dubbo on Saturday the 18th of March for the world's richest middle distance race, the, the country classic <laughs> Greyhound Racing Supercharged. That'll do me, mate. I've never been to Dubbo. Looking forward to getting there one day. Me either, mate. I've got my playing ticket booked. The whole team is heading out there for a big broadcast. So semi-finals this week, final next week. Throw in the Maitland yep. Cup heats on Thursday, mate, and tomorrow Cup final Sunday. It's all happening as always. Doesn't get any better. Good on your side. Thanks, mate. Very mate. There's Simon Orchard. The watchdog's done the form for us, and he's ready to go. Big day at Hillsville today. They've got heats of their new race series, the Emerald. Hello to you, Watchy. Morning, Gareth. Yeah, we've got uh, eight cracking heats of the Emerald Series, and it's an interesting concept. Uh, they've got the eight heats, but the final next week will be made up of the eight fastest qualifiers across the heat. So even if you win your heat, you're not guaranteed to get in a gig next week. So it's going to be an interesting right. concept. Uh, to, Take to it away with you. Yeah, all right, mate. Take it away with your best at Hillsville, then go to Horsham after that, if that's okay. Yeah, too easy. Um, we're going to race three at Horsham today. Pretty keen on the five here, Cybertruck. Uh, he's having his first look 
uh, over this track and trip. But he's he's an absolute rocket. I think he'll he'll be suited to the straight track. There's not a lot of speed drawn in this race, so he should assume control quickly and just be too good for these. The dollar eighty looks a, a really good bet. At Horsham, we're going to race five. Pretty ten in the eight here. Alf Alligator uh, been placing three or four at Horsham. Big drop in class today. Should should roll the front just as they go through that first turn and we'll zip away mid-race. We're getting evens. That's well and truly out of the odds. And then after that, we've got the meeting tonight at Geelong. Yeah, Geelong, we're going to wait till race eight. Pretty keen on the eight here, legal bud. Look, he can be hard to follow. Does a few things wrong in his races, but likes to stay wide. Box eight's going to suit him. This is probably the easiest race he's contested for a little while. Should avoid early trouble. Too strong in the run home. We're getting $3.40. I think he'll start six to four, maybe a tad shorter. Good on you. Watch you. Good luck. Cheers, Gareth. Have a great day. Same to you. grnz.co.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhound Racing. Our man, Danny Roberts, joins us. We're at Annington today again. Dan, what are we doing, mate? You confident that we can make some money this morning? Yeah, good day, Gareth. You need to try to redeem myself. Uh, poor efforts, mate, but I'm hoping we can get a bit of money back today. And uh, I think we can make a bit of money in race one, number three, Gotham's King. He's a first starter for uh, Sydney Cleve. He was pretty good qualifying, ran a, a tidy second, only beaten by a small margin. Uh, I see they've uh, dived into him early on, and uh, he's been uh, 3.30 into 2.20. There's a bit of confidence from the camp here. Uh, another one I'm going to tip later on in the card, one of my own, uh, race nine, number six, Feeling Fancy. She's uh, well down on her best form, and she's she's dropped right back through the grades, and I think she can uh, run a race back in C1 today. Obviously, we know those races are preferential barrier draws, so she's going to be ideally drawn out there in six and hopefully get a get a bit of room to move. So, player there. And then the next one is uh, Rex 10, number one, Texas Jill. This dog's in some uh, extreme good form at the moment. He was a winner two starts ago at Addington, clocking a personal best of 30.03. Comes up with box one. I think uh, the way he's been going to be able to put himself in the race early, and he's he's extremely strong at the end of 5.20. So he's at eight and 2.10. I thought he was a great each-way bet. So Texas Jewel race ten number one around eight dollars bet three six five. Your Greyhound we get five fifty bet three six five. Feeling fancy race nine number six, and that first bet's about fifty minutes away. Cotham's King race one number three. We'll jump aboard you. I've got the faith in you, Danny Boy, and you'll bounce back today. Thanks for that, mate. Thanks very much. Good luck, guys. There's Dan Roberts. We love our dogs. They love to race. And uh, make sure you check out grnz.co.nz for news previews form and uh, more. Now, Simon Jones, he makes his debut here on Giddy Up. He's done the form for the South Australian Trots at Port Piri. Simon, welcome to Giddy Up, mate. How are we making some money tonight at Port Piri? Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Good morning, listeners. Uh, there's a few shorties there tonight, Gareth. Um, so... Picking the eyes out of them, I like race two, number two, a treacherous for Jeremy Sill and Ryan Hihorik. Um, Look, she's been racing very, very well. Um, she she loves to win this horse, so um, she's about a dollar fifty-five, dollar sixty. Um, but I'm going to take her in a multi into race three, number eight, Heston Blue Streak for Danielle Hill and Jill Nilsson. Uh, gets to a suitable race here as a good effort last start. So. Yeah, trying to, yeah, there's not a lot of shorties there tonight, Gareth, but just go the multi there, races two and three. Heston Blue Streak around 270 we get for bet 365 and 
the first one, a treacherous around a dollar sixty, mate. That'll do us. Rohorik into Danielle Hill. You can't go too wrong if you back those two drivers in South Australia. Jonesy, love your work, mate. Good luck and welcome to the Giddy Up team, brother. Looking forward to it. All the best out there, punters. There's Simon Jones there. Live it up at the 2023 Tab Adelaide Cup, Monday, March 13. Make sure you gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. I haven't forgotten about the Ballarat Gallops meeting. Benny, I said, joins me here. He was just running a little bit late. So I thought, well, we'll just keep Benny back. And uh, he's got a couple of winners for us at this Ballarat meeting on a Tuesday afternoon. And looking forward to the card there at Ballarat. Just looking at the, the track conditions there at Ballarat this afternoon. We have the rail out seven metres and we're on a soft five. Showers predicted at Dowling Forest today. Benny, I said, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, G. What are we doing from a punning perspective, brother? Yeah, mate, we'll try and get the cash early at Ballarat. As you said, soft five, rail out seven. We'll go to race one, number 12, Miss Galore. Price Kent, Train, D Yendel to ride. Look, she looks a pretty nice filly, this one. She's jumped out really well around some nice credentialed horses. She bet a horse by the name of Holly Mans. We've seen what he's done this preparation in a jump out leading into this. I think there's only one danger in Moroni trained the governor, but I think Miss Galore can get the job done on debut. She's prepped up really nicely for this, mate. We'll then go to race three, number one, Himaros. Mick Huglin trains, D-Lane to ride. He's gelded him this time in. I love the setup today. First up last time over the 1,600 metres, ran a closing second. Gets the blinkers on today, and D-Lane going to Ballarat for the ride. So that's a, that's a good push in itself, mate. He doesn't go to Ballarat on a Tuesday, D-Lane. Not very often, G. So it must be a good thing, race three, number one. Look, he opened 280. He's into 220 now. That's about what I've marked him. Uh, I think he's the best of the day, him or us. Yeah, and you got another one for us? Yeah, race six, number seven, prefer us. McAvoy Camp, D Holland to ride. Look, this man, she's, she's, look, she's been ticking over nicely. Her run last start at Bendigo was really good. She did her best work from the four to the two and the two to the post. I think she'll be very hard to beat with a rise to 2,600 metres. Paul Pruska's got the second favourite, which goes okay, but I think prefer us as... I think she'll get her day-to-day -day at the 2,600 metres in benchmark 58 grade. Race six, horse number seven. In my time in the game, one of the most intriguing, fascinating... Um, individuals that I've come across is the legendary owner breeder in WA, Bob Peters. He has been so successful in uh, the sport of Kings and his grandson, Liam Peters, is trying to follow in his footsteps, working for, is it Poppy Bob? As I say hello to you, Liam, um, welcome to Giddy Up. Your grandfather is a legend um, and uh, he's nearly done it all in the sport of racing and you're now working for Inglis and you've got into the racing game, mate. Um, as I say, good morning to you. Was it always something that you wanted to do? Yeah, morning, Gareth. Uh, it's definitely been something I want to do uh, yeah. my whole life. Uh, it's just been a bit difficult with the allergy to horses, unfortunately. Okay. But getting through it the last few years. Some of the greats, Bart Cummings was allergic to horses, Liam. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I hope I can follow suit a little bit yeah. in the bloodstock side of the industry. So tell us about what you do now for your famous grandfather and Bob Peters and what your role is with Peters Investments when it comes to the racing game. Uh, so I'm always out whenever we've got uh, horses running or trialling and uh, I'll spend some time with Michael Grantham at, at his property 
um, strap the horses as well if okay. need be. Uh, but otherwise, just doing whatever I can to assist with the bloodstock side of the business. Do you enjoy the training side or the bloodstock side better? Oh, I think I'm a bit undecided with that at the moment. Yeah, yeah I'll have to let you know. All right, then. And then, so you're working for Inglis at these sales, and I saw you at the classic sales following Gay Waterhouse around. So um, what did you learn from Gay, and what was that like following her around at the classic sales in Sydney? Oh, it's really valuable experience, and... Um it's great to spend some time with obviously such a legendary uh, icon of racing yep. and she she's always so willing to teach young people which is a great thing yeah and I'm as I said at the top of this interview fascinated by your grandfather Bob and I've known him for a little while now and he's had so much success in the game what's the best advice that he's given you since you've started a real interest in in the sport of kings to be patient yes. and keep you calm. Um, and he's been pretty patient over the years as well. We all know that he's patient with his horses. Have you got a favourite horse that races in the Cerise and White? Uh, yeah, I'd have to say Midnight Blue. And Midnight Blue, okay. How come How come Midnight Blue? Uh, I've always just really liked that horse ever since he was young. Um, he had a little leg injury when I believe he was three years old and... Uh, yeah. I went to see him at the farm affair a few times and obviously was very proud of him when he won that Perth Cup. Yeah, and he was a sensational victory there in that Perth Cup. He's in Melbourne now, Midnight Blue? Correct. Yeah, yeah. with Johnny Leake Jr. Have you had time to head out to, to John Leake Jr.'s property to see some of uh, your stars? Um, Western Empire is still there, Midnight Blue, and uh, Superstorm is here out. Yeah, he's actually on the uh, English digital sale at the moment. Okay. So get your bids in if you guys are interested. Should but, we buy uh, him? Oh, I, I don't see why not. All right, then. So, uh, yeah, I'll be heading out to John's hopefully tomorrow. Yep. Who's Bob's best horse? Who's Bob and Liam's best horse these days? Uh, I'd have to say Regal Power, probably. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And when do we get to see him again? Uh, very soon, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. Yep. And... Uh, I see that Bob and, and Sandra purchased a horse. Now, how much did you have to do with this yesterday? It was the top lot, a $460,000 colt by So You Think. Uh, yeah, well, Grandpa, when I send, sorry, when he sends me over to these sales, yeah. we sort of discuss a few pedigrees that we like from the catalogue and then I'll assess the type. And we both really like that pedigree, obviously being out of a Zabil mare. It's something that he's very familiar with. He's had some success with that bloodline over the years. And when that horse walked out of the box and I just saw it had the best attitude, it had a great walk, had some good scope to it. So I really recommended it. All right. And so Bob's got this amazing ability to build up his broodmare line. He's got a lot of reduced choice mares, um, at the farm, and you've had a lot of success with the, the Reduce Choice mare. So um, do you get to go to see them much in the, the Hunter Valley? And what's Bob's philosophy on, on on breeding those or making sure that he builds up his, his broodmare line? Because he doesn't mind selling them as well if he has to. No, he doesn't mind selling them. Um, and I think when he sells them, he knows that he's got enough of the family left yep. still. And... Um, 
is always happy to spread his bloodlines out and put back into the industry. Uh, and I've only been out to uh, Holbrook with uh, Julie Harris once, yeah. and that was last year. And it's an amazing place, and it was great to see all these mares that I had watched racing growing up and things like that. So when does Bob, um, Grandpa, give you the reins, maybe to get your own colours and get a couple of horses? Liam, have you got a plan in place to, to, to slowly take over? Oh, there's no plan in place. I'll, I'll take things as they come. And uh, I believe he wants me to make my own way. So yep. I'll just sort of figure out when the time's right. Well, mate, you're an impressive young man. I think um, Bob and Sandra should be proud, along with your mother, Melissa, who loves the game as well. So I wish you the best of luck, mate. And um, have you got a horse that we should be following? Because there'll be, a, some, there'll be an unrace filly or colt that we don't know of that be racing in the Cerise and White that you could maybe tip us into? Oh, Surely Adam or Michael Grantham's got something for us. I personally, since uh, since she was a foal, I haven't minded Truly Sweet. Yes. Uh, Piero out of Candyland. That's yep. at uh, Michael's at the moment. So we'll see how things shape up. Truly Sweet. I've jotted her down in my black book. Hey, mate, the best of luck and well done and best to um, go and get them in the future. But it's great to chat to you here on Giddy Up on this Tuesday. Great to chat to you. Thanks for having me on. On Giddy Up, it's time for the Midweek Masterclass with the Mailbag Team. And it's a pleasure to welcome back the new captain of the Midweek Masterclass team from Mailbag Bloodstock, live from Redcliffe in Queensland, Shane Curlio. Hello to you, Shane. Welcome back to Giddy Up. We've missed you. Good morning, Gareth. Um, when I heard that Jack Dickens wasn't on, I jumped at the opportunity to come back. Now, he gets sick a lot, Jack. I'm just a little worried about his immune system. This is his big day to shine, Melbourne Premier Sales, and he's basically only lasted half the sale. I'm not shocked, Gareth. I did see some of his work firsthand during Magic Millions. Um, he lacks a little bit of intestinal fortitude, Dicko. There's no question about that. Now, it surprises me a little bit, but replacing Dicko today is a man that looks up to you and he said, Gareth, I want to be like Shane Curlio. He's my mentor and his name is Benny, I said, and he's um, joining us for the Midweek Masterclass today. G'day, Benny. G'day, Gareth. Now, what did you learn from Curlio when you visit here, when you're on the Gold Coast there for the Magic Million sale? Yeah, definitely learn a bit from the great man. He's got a good eye for a nice yearling, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, he's a very smart judge, Curls, and uh, you can definitely learn a bit from him. There you go, Curly. Yeah, unbelievable. I tell you what, who doesn't rate some of the, my form experts that I have on my show is Wayne Hawks and Johnny O'Neill. This is what they had to say about Dicko, and I think Jules Valance even copped a whack, um, Curly, yeah, yesterday on the means test. Roll the, roll the tape, Ollie. The race is run and won. Everyone wants to be an expert and tell you how bad it was. I mean, Please, mate, we've got a bush ranger on your call. We've <laughs> got a bush ranger who's got horses going around sitting six deep the whole way in Queensland and walking in, and you've got the best-looking form judge in the world in Jill. So you're telling, you're telling us that Jack and... Um, and Jill's don't know what they're talking about. No, we're not no, saying, no one said that. We didn't no, say no. that. You're <laughs> saying that. You're, you're just wanting to stir. Yeah. The bottom line is I heard him going, oh, it's no good. Oh, the CF4 form's no good. Oh, Jack knows. Do you know what? Just because the horse, just because a horse doesn't win its next start doesn't mean that the form's rubbish. Yeah. I mean, I, I need these blokes to come out and tell me exactly how it's going to go. I'll go one step further. How many winners did you blokes tip last weekend? How many? Oh, 
So Wayne, I never missed them, Curly. I thought that would put a smile on your face, especially especially Johnny O'Neill. <laughs> so, what about the cowboy? The bush, bush ranger. ranger. Oh, the bush ranger, I should say. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Dicko's got the Southern Cross tattooed on his chest and on one side and uh, Sally on the other. He, he, he looks like a bush ranger. And I tell you what, they kind of act like it a bit. Jeez, aren't they Monday, Monday morning quarterbacks, the boys, when they get on the on the review show and pot everything and, and uh, you know, everything's great in hindsight with those fellas. Unbelievable operators. Well, he learnt from you. I think that was a little bit harsh from Johnny and Wayne. And Wayne, uh, we might get him tipping some horses, see how he goes. But I'm very oh, lucky to have Dicko and especially Jules Valance. Um, they've been exceptional. Yeah. Uh, along with you, Curlio, now... Is it true that we're having a bit of a, next week we'll be having a bit of a forum with yourself and the the team from Alligator Blood on Giddy Up? Yeah, hopefully. Um, I'm sort of... Alan Andres is it, that's he's still he's not even in the horse these days, is he? <laughs> no, I don't know what he's carrying on about. <laughs> yeah, I did see him tweet that he's not allowed in the mounting yard on race day either. So that'll be good. But no, um, I'm looking, I did I'm meet looking... Uncle though, Gareth. We did meet Uncle on the Gold Coast. He's a ripping bloke. Um, the owner, the actual owner. Yes. But we can get him no. on it. And, and Alligator Blood Strapper as well, Dave. Um, we should have a little bit of a debate, you know, for sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to when Keats and Alligator Blood just lock horns there down the back at Mooney Valley. I, just hope, <laughs> I hope we draw a barrier outside of Alligator Blood because I'll think they're going to leave. Yeah. All right, then we need some winners, and we're racing at Doombin on a Wednesday afternoon, Curly. I will start with you since you're the new skipper today. Yep. Um, we're, to... we're going to back. We're going to back one early, and then as it drifts, we're going to continue to back it, and we're going to get the absolute shallot at a massive price. Love it. Race two, number two, Birmingham. No idea what price it is but I anticipate it'll be a very big price because it's last started Eagle Farm at SP $61. So I wouldn't be surprised if we got 50 tomorrow, Gareth. Birmingham, um, if that wins, I'll tell you what. We'll fly um, you down on a private jet to go and watch Keats for the All-Star Mile. I've been waiting uh, for this horse to get a jockey upgrade. It's been about two years in the making. But we finally get one. Um, Jimmy Byrne. Jimmy Byrne goes on. Look, I thought its trials were good last preparation. It raced okay. without a lot of luck. Uh, and it, it drew wide and sat wide the other day. Just had no luck this preparation. Off two pretty good trials to kick off this prep. I like it at the trip. Um, the midweek class races have been pretty average, to, to be polite. Uh, South East Queensland this time of year. So I think... Um, could be D-Day. Azua Pride's probably favourite and hates the winning post. So there's a few knocks on a few others that I think will be in the market. This thing will be huge odds, Gareth, and it's worth something each way. Race two, number two, Birmingham. So we're just having 100 each way on Birmingham? Or have we got something yep. else? Beautiful. No, no, that's it. Um, I, thought, um, I thought Ghost Rider looked the winner of race one with only Tin Tin win the danger, but I don't anticipate any meat on the bone there. They'll both be right firm in the market. So... Um, no point getting on tip and favourites all the time. My name's not Shane Watley. No. <laughs> hey, Benny, I said, what are you doing? You got something for us at Sandown? You got a staking plan. You get $200. Yeah, 
Yeah, mate, we've got the two at Sandown. Unfortunately, sorry, Curls. They're both short in the market, mate. But, um... <laughs> I thought you were his mentor. <laughs> I think they'll get the job done, though. We'll go to race three, number one, Ebony King, Graham Begg, Geordie Childs. The combo's airborne at the moment. He's just a super trainer with his horses, Graham Begg. Look, he was really good last start, riding the speed, this fella. I think he'll strip fitter, third up. He should be near his top. I've got him back. Rolling across from Barrier 9, sitting on the pace, which I think will be advantageous at the Lakeside Circuit tomorrow. Look, I've marked him 280, still $3 if you shop around. I think uh, I think he'll be getting the job done in race three, number one, Ebony King. I'll have 100 on Ebony King, mate. Yep. And then we'll have the other 100 on race five, number four, the swooper from our man, Wayne Hawks, to train. So it'll be interesting to see what Wayne O thinks. Benny Mallum jumps aboard. Look, he's a nice enough horse, this bloke. I thought he was a slight query at the 1,200 last start at the Valley, but he proved me wrong. Look, he did a bit wrong before, obviously, in the mounting yard, before getting out behind the barriers. He sweated up a little bit, and, uh, look, I'm backing the camp to get that right, and I think with another run under his belt, I think he'll be more tractable. I think he can ride the speed, lead him up, and give him something to, something to beat there tomorrow with Benny Mallum going on board. Love it, Benny. So, Presemian Arch race, three number three, $100 the win on that galloper for um, uh, Jack Dickens, and also Edith race, seven number three is Dicko's bet there at Sandown tomorrow, $100 the win on that horse as well. Are you happy with his presentation, the way he delivers it, Curlio? Benny? Yeah, I've, I've been copping tips off. Benny for a little while now. He's a good judge. There's no doubt about that. I don't mind. All right, stick, to the point, stick to the point at the end of the market, young fella, and keep your name in lights there on the socials. That's the way to go. <laughs> and we'll see you at Birchip too for the Mallee Bull Cup. I know you love the the, the Mallee oh. boys being from Sonata, Curlio, so they'll welcome you with open arms. Yeah, I reckon Sharpie and Bantam and a few blokes to be there. Yeah. Um, I remember, remember playing footy against Bantam. Gareth, I was petrified of him. Yeah. I'm not too, I'm not that keen to go back to Bertram. <laughs> Good on you, Curlio. Love your work. Say hello to Mrs. Curlio for us. Will do. Thanks, Gareth. Let's catch up with Mark Roden and Peter Anthonis on this Tuesday morning to look at the Kensington meeting at Randwick and Pinjara in the, the West. Mark Roden, first of all, hello to you, mate. Uh, hello to you too, Gareth. G'day, Pete. Gee, how are you? I'm very well. We'll start off with you, Mark. Kensington track. Um, rail is in the true or on a good four. How do you expect this track to play? And are you confident we can make some money? Um, I'm not. Well, I think we can, might be able to make some money. I can't be really confident about how Kensington plays. I, if it's firm and true, I'll look, I'd like to think the running line would be best and they'll be able to make some ground and maybe get to the middle in the straight. But we have seen the occasional uh, hot rail with it in the true. Uh, so... Nothing set in stone yet, but fingers crossed that it's reasonably fair. Yeah, for a start. What are we doing with your staking plan? I found the meeting, a lot of the races are either too even or I agreed with the market. The best, the closest I can come to a good bet is in race two, two-year-old race, two-year-old maiden over 1,000. That's number one capital heart. Um, led and weakened over 1,100 at this track on the boo and then was ridden off the speed over 1,000 metres at Warwick Farm um, last start. Storm Barrier 4 here, I think Nash uh, Rewilla will look to get into a stalking position again and um, close off strongly and go one better this time. Uh, in the round 280, I think I think he's a solid bet. Is he $200 the win capital hard or we've got something else? I Look, it, it's the only one I want to back on the program, but I wouldn't be yep. too keen on 
blasting the whole bank of the days. I might leave 100 in reserve for next week. So I like the favourite in the first out, Lord, but gee, it's two tens short enough, I think. And hypothetical comes out of a really good race in race six, but it's drawn a bit wide and uh, prices shortened a lot too. So just as a betting proposition, it's only capital hard to meet the stage. What are you doing, Peter Pinjar, on a Wednesday afternoon? Yeah, I'm just waiting to see what the forecast does, Gareth. There was a bit of rain forecast. Uh, well, yesterday the forecast was predicting more towards five mils there tomorrow, but now it's come down to just one. So, look, if the rain stays away, it's probably going to play a little bit more on speed. Uh, if the rain does hit, it might actually chop out the rail. That's often the way at Pinjarra. But, look, we'll just wait and see what conditions do. I thought uh, there's probably one in race six or some chatter. I, look, I don't know what price it's going to go up. I thought it was a really good run last start against the pattern of the day, and it just finds a very suitable race here drawn gate four can just sit midfield and really should be able to, to win this. So, look, I'd be hoping for something around 260-plus when markets go up. Um, that's probably the one race that I've really taken interest in so far. I think race two down the straight, Frantic War again will possibly go up pretty short. Um, just basically ranked second there last start down the straight as well. But just those Sassy's a horse in that race that has trialled the house down on a couple of occasions, run really quick time, and then gone to the track and done nothing. But first start down the straight, it might be able to do something. So just looking at the price there in race two, I'm just so happy. For the Casey team, so race two, number six, and race six, number three, awesome chatter. Your best at Pinjarra and Capital Heart, race two, number one for Mark Roden. You two are stars. You keep on carrying the mailbag team. Love your work, and we'll catch up with you next week, lads. The final day, would you believe it, has gone quickly of the English Premier Yearling Sale and the GM of English in Victoria's James Price. And uh, James joins us now along with Jackson France, who is back with me here on this Tuesday morning. James, uh, welcome back, mate. Um, day two, we went okay. We've got um, a gross of $24 million. So, um, Jesus, a lot of money when you think about it. Twenty-four ah, million. It sure is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It. Um, yeah, no, it was a very healthy day again. Very solid day of trade. Uh, it was. We saw the Phillies take headline act on Sunday, and yesterday was very much a, a Colts day with uh, the top five lots being Colts. Uh, top price of five sixty. A real Hong Kong battle in okay. the sale ring. Andy Williams based out between the doors. No one could see him, and then the other. Uh, Hong Kong agent down in the seat, so it was a bit of a one of those beautiful storms that we saw. What have you made of the sale as a whole so far, James? We see the average sits at 142,000, down on 2022, but if we compare it to 2021, it's still very similar to where it was. Last year was almost a bit of a, an anomaly, a standout year. Yeah, that's right. Look, when budgeting for the sale, we obviously take guidance as to what we've seen in yielding sales previously from, you know, at the beginning of the sale series in January at the Gold Coast through to the classic sale in New Zealand. So we had no doubt we weren't going to see the same figures as 2022. Uh, but where we budgeted, we're certainly on par with that. Do you think that some of the vendors might have last year's prices at the back of their mind and that's why we're seeing a clearance rate just over 70%? Yeah, of course. And I think what we've got to be realistic is people are trying to uh, chase, you know, they, they need a certain amount of cash to come into their pockets to, you know, pay for the, the preparation of these yearlings or pay for service fees that might fall due in the next few months. So it's all about cash flow. And, 
you know, I, I've been in the position of being a vendor and there's no doubt you've got rose-coloured glasses on at some point. Yeah. So, you know, what you see, your few horses that you see at home, you think they're stars, but when they're here on the complex and they're amongst a catalogue of 800, it, uh, it's pretty fierce competition. And we're returning to something what's a bit more what we've seen prior to COVID, where it's a bit of a buyer's market. Yeah. You know, the buyers aren't wanting to go to the car yard and find the slightly dinted... Uh, slightly dinted car so if you're off the pace whether it's x-ray scope stallion whatever preparation whatever it might be you're a little bit left behind do you find too with the premier sales so you've magic millions karaki then you've got the classic and few of the syndicators especially have been purchasing horses at those earlier sales and and some of the trainers as well and they're finding it a little bit more uh, difficult to to sell shares this time around compared to say the other couple of years yeah definitely definitely speaking to trainers and agents they've found it a little bit trickier to move horses on or get people into what they've already bought uh there's a few people out there who still owe money from last year they've found it hard uh so if we couple with that people are finding it harder to sell we're also looking at what the next six months brings we're being cautious people don't want to put their neck uh, their head in a noose and thinking where are we going to be in six months so they've been cautious with what they buy at this sale so look i completely understand i mean you know you don't want to overexpose yourself in an environment where we're not really sure where we're going so you know you can't blame buyers we're seeing some lovely types here on the ground james what have you made of the sale as a whole in terms of the quality of yearlings that we are seeing it's progressed probably over the last 10 to 15 years as the victorian breeding industry has continued to improve and this sale is now stamping itself as one of the you know the premier sales in the, in the country up alongside magic millions and the like yeah if we go back sort of 15 years this sale uh was compared to the adelaide yearling sale and they're not even in the same ballpark these days in terms of quality. Uh, Inglis and the, I suppose the Victorian arm of the company is incredibly lucky with the support that the vendors have shown uh, to this sale. Uh, and it's grown year on year, on year. particularly we talk of Bluegum in previous years and what they've done. Philip Campbell has been a staunch supporter of Victoria yeah. in this sale. And the results that he's got have given other vendors the confidence to then bring quality. We look at the, just on pedigree alone of the, the Yulong horses and the Rosemont horses, their investment in broodmares in the past few years has been so strong. And then we look seeing the yearlings that are coming out of being produced by these farms and they're supporting them here in Victoria. So we're in a very fortunate position. And I think when we look at the buyer's point of view, we've got a we've got a great catalogue on paper, but the buyers can come here with confidence knowing that there's the graduates out of this sale have been, you know, top class, world class horses, you know, name, naming a few Black Caviar, Nature Strip, <laughs> Geetra, Bella Nipatina, Stakes Winners on the Weekend, Princess Del Hallo. Uh, and in the Australian Guineas attrition. So, and they can come in by good value. We've seen the first season size really come to the fore in this sale. Alabama Express, who stands at Yulong, sold really well. And Blue Point, too, who's here at Victoria's, uh, Daly's base in Victoria, sold great. It must be exciting to see that these young stallions based in Victoria are really starting to kick and people are coming out and, and spending the money on these types. Lindsay Park bought two Blue Points yesterday. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Blue Point, we see him as a shuttle horse, but, gee, he won the races that Australians want to win at Royal Ascot. You know, you're winning a uh, Diamond Jubilee. Uh, you're winning the Kingstand Stakes. I mean, these are so fast. These are horse races that Black Caviar and Nature Strip have won. Miss Andretti. Um, so he's an extraordinary racehorse. And then we look at Alabama Express, and he's throwing some really, really good types. And I don't think there'd be a better... There wouldn't be a stallion in the country that would have got a better book of mares than Alabama Express. So, And the types he's putting on the ground, very, very athletic 
they look like racehorses. So he's a real stain that I'd be uh, could uh, make it make a sort of a real mark for Victoria. You just mentioned before Philip Campbell. It's an end of an era, really. More than four decades of Blue Gum Farm, and it was a great to have a chat to him this morning and reliving his time at that farm, just based now at Yaroa. Um, he's going to leave some legacy. He is, yeah. We awarded uh, Inglis and also TBV gave him a service of the industry yeah. award. We were telling the story. He moved to Yaroa in 1981 where yeah. he set up Blue Gum Farm. He then met his wife, Patty, and for all those years, he stood wonderful stay in Jumatilla, Rubiton in Costa del Lago, and in recent years, he's been the leading vendor here at the Premier Sale. He, this is his 42nd English Premier Sale here at these grounds. 44th Victorian sale when it was first two years it was at Flemington so um, you know his loyalty and friendship to the company has just been extraordinary and we uh, we owe him owe him the world half a day we book one then book two what's your prediction today uh, some more nice top lots I think uh, morning sire morning rise have got a really nice zoo star colt uh, there's also a really nice deep field filly. Uh, of Merrick Station. Uh, and, the, yeah, there's plenty of nice... The, the quality in this first couple of hours is just as good as it has been the first two days. Showcase should see a number of horses that hopefully top six figures. Uh, the vendors have really supported the showcase session and hopefully, um, you know, the buyers give them due reward. Looking forward to going shopping today. Well done, James. You should be proud and we'll um, catch up with you at the Easter sales, mate. Fantastic. The English uh, Premier Yearling Sale are underway and guests today, the leading South Australian farm in Mill Park had a, a handy day with uh, the Colt by Harry Angel going through the ring for $400,000 and uh, the boss of Mill Park Farm, Chris Watson, joins us live here at Oakland's Junction. First of all, Chris, congratulations. That was a great result for the farm. No, thank you very much, Gareth. And we were, yeah, very, very pleased. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about this Colt because it's got... A, a wonderful page and a fair to remember and, and Barclay Square, who was one of the star three-year-olds last spring, um, involved in the, in the family here. So no wonder he was pretty popular. Yeah, look, it's, it's been a, a terrific family for the farm. We've had uh, Barclay Square and Senor Toba all raised on the farm and um, it was uh, really, really pleasing to see this cult sort of come up through, through, the, through the, the last uh, year very very similar in style and type and uh and it was fantastic for david peacock uh, to get the that similar sort of price thanks for joining us chris uh, absolutely outstanding result there yesterday with the harry angel cold selling for four hundred thousand dollars what have you made as the sales so far it's been a bit of a buyer's market this year we've seen the economic climate at the moment's made it a bit more caution for buyers but as a whole with your draft how have you seen it yeah, look, absolutely. We've certainly noticed uh, over the last sort of couple of months as we've uh, slipped on down through the rest of these sales from, uh, from the Gold Coast uh, that uh, the buyers are becoming more and more cautious. So um, we've had to adjust uh, our budgets and uh, reserves accordingly and um, hope meet the market. So I'm fascinated about the way that you go about getting to these sales with your big team based in South Australia. You head to Melbourne and... Um, you were just telling us before that your staff have to jump on a plane and head to Adelaide and get ready for the, the sales in Adelaide, which start 
um, with the inspections this week? Yeah, look, being in, based in South Australia, logistics is uh, a massive issue for us, travelling all around, uh, around the country. But, uh, yeah, our, our, our team are going to be exhausted by the end of next week. So they're basically backing up from this sale into Adelaide. They jump on a plane this afternoon and straight into Magic Millions Adelaide, setting up the stables there, ready for another week of hard work of inspections. So they're going to really, really deserve a good rest. They've been yeah. a fantastic team for us. And you touched on the Adelaide Magic Million sale there with the draft there. How many horses will you have going through the ring come a couple of weeks' time? Yeah, so we have 13 going through that sale, and um, they're going to be a great bunch of horses there. I think uh, some lovely sort of trade horses and uh, certainly some uh, pedigrees there. That'll be attractive to a lot of sort of other buyers as well. So, How do you work out which horses go where, especially being based in SA? I would imagine you would try and support your, your home state sale. How does that... Um, how does that all unfold when you sit down and try and work out which yearlings go where? Yeah, look, it certainly varies from year to year. But, um, uh, look, the, obviously the, uh, the more forward, precocious style of horses go to the more earlier sales. And um, we certainly try and hold back some lovely horses for our local state as well So to support there. So there's some terrific trainers in SA that deserves uh, some good support with some horses as well. You've had so much success over the years, Chris Faulkner, Happy Trails, Instant Celebrity, just to name a few have come off your farm. What do you believe has been the key to your success being based in South Australia? You're a little bit off Broadway there where you are based compared to the Victorian and the Hunter Valley Farms. Yeah, look, we're, we're, um, we're certainly in an area that's... Uh, you know, very beneficial for growing out um, all sorts of stock from cattle, sheep, horses, mm. wines. We've got some great wines there as well, obviously. And um, I just think that the area where we are is um, just uh, the environment, the pasture. Um, it's just a, a very, very uh, lovely location for growing out animals, so especially horses. South Australian Racing has had its challenges of late because, unfortunately, they haven't got the government support like the other states do. How have you found the climate there and the, the mood of South Australian racing over the last couple of years especially? Oh, I think one, one word just comes to mind straight away is resilient. Yeah. Um, the, the lack of support from government in South Australia is just so frustrating. Uh, the, the pot tax has been the big, the big hold-up for us. We've been absolutely smashed in that regard with l no, no tax basically coming back into the industry from from that re revenue raising there and um i think you know it's a it's a wonderful industry to be involved in and it's a very close-knit uh industry in south australia so um we'll keep pressing on and um there's some terrific people there working behind the scenes so hopefully we can get the government on board one day we've seen in the news recently there's been significant investment um slated for the morfordville race course was disappointing to see that they weren't going to put any of that funds into on-course stabling at morfordville the setup more feel so interesting we've still got horses across the road people you know bringing them across to the stripping sheds there at the complex it's probably one of the last uh, jurisdictions in the country that have that set up absolutely look I, i'm certainly probably can't comment too much on there i haven't been closely involved on that side of it but it's um a scenario i'm sure um the administrators and the trainers are, are looking closely at models all around australia for the best fit yeah, hopefully the, the government having a chat to a few of the people in South Australia and Vaughan Lynch, I think, is doing a pretty good job now as the CEO. Um, it is frustrating because they're putting on the show, they're, they're making a lot of money for the state, um, but you need to reward the, the people putting on the show. So it gives them an incentive to keep on buttering up. It's not fair that they make all the money and then you don't give them anything in return. 
Yeah, look, I, I think um, I think everybody has to keep in mind um, generally in these scenarios what the core business is, and um, yeah. there's a lot of people involved in the actual racing of horses, and um, I, I, th- I do agree in that regard. I think you know there's got to be some sort of reward back to the the people that are directly involved in the industry. What about for the rest of the sale? What do you get to look forward to on the final day here? Oh, look, we've only got one left to sell here, but uh, we sh- we're finishing with a ripper, so he's a, uh, a full brother to Pelter. Yeah. So you think out of Miss Otto, and he'll be selling shortly within the next hour, and um, he's been very, very well received. He's obviously got a massive pedigree, as you mentioned. Pelts was an exceptional horse there a couple of years ago. Um, on type, what's he like? Is it so you think, um, you know, is he a nice, dark, strapping sort of looking colt? He certainly is. He's got a lot of so you think about him. He's probably not as precocious looking as Pelzer was, who was a really early looking sort of horse. Uh, this one looks more in that sort of late two-year-old, three-year-old sort of guinea style horse. Um, but just a, an action, a lovely, lovely horse. Could he be the top lot for you? Do you think that he could uh, excel or exceed that 400000 there for the Harry Angel Bahamas cult uh, yesterday? Look, I think he's certainly going to sell very, very well. Um, if he achieves that sort of price in this current market, I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. we'll be very, very pleased. <laughs> well, mate, I wish you the best of luck. I don't know how actually you do it because you, the unsung heroes are the people that work out the back, working with these yearlings. Uh, making sure that they're fed and looked after. A lot of them got a lot of steps since with the, the yearlings who, who need to be inspected. It's um, they do a wonderful job. The staff at every farm, don't they? Because to do it, you got to love it. and You got to love the animal. That, you're so you're so right. They are, really are the unsung heroes, and um, uh, we we do our utmost to uh, make sure that they're well rewarded and uh, certainly respected for what they do. So we wouldn't be able to do the job without them. We've seen over the last couple of years how hard it has been to get staff, particularly in racing stables as well on farms. How do you find it over in South Australia to get a good team behind you of, you know, young um, and staff that are really keen to, you know, put in the hard work there, early mornings, long hours? Look, we, we, we are quite isolated from the rest of the, uh, the, the thoroughbred industry in, around Australia, but it's sort of one way we're not sort of competing with any other sort of people. So we're, we're our little own sort of environment there, and we've got some local people down there that we've had to train up, and also people have come to live in the area, and we're, we're very, very lucky. We've got a great core team of staff down there that are very supportive of us. Well, we wish you the best of luck for that last lot today, the So You Think, and um, in Adelaide as well, mate. Well done with the Harry Angel cult yesterday. $400,000 is a massive result, as you pointed out, in, in today's market. And um, hopefully you can find another Happy Trails or a Faulkner or a Booker. Jeez, Booker, what about that at the Magic Millions? Amazing result, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, she was the broodmare that was sold for just over a million, but the I think she landed the top cult, didn't she? Yeah, very, right up there, that's for sure. Yeah. So, you know, it was a wonderful result. You know, it, uh, I mean, we're not involved on some of the, you know, away game was another story that yeah. another one raised off the farm. So we, we still get a great thrill seeing them go on and uh, achieve wonderful results for everybody else as well. Well, good on you, Chris. Um, enjoy the final day. <laughs> get some sleep. We'll try to anyway. <laughs> Much appreciated. Thank you. Gareth, hello to you. Um a little bit colder today, but uh, I'm sure the sales ring will certainly be heating up once again. And uh, terrific day again here at Inglis, which is always uh, always great hospitality and great to see they've brought in the big guns like old Michael Guy Molcaster. Now Guy is like Chris Waller is um, Dan's adopted son, and he says that you're his adopted uncle, Guy. Is that fair? Like, do you feel the same way about him? 
Uh, that's probably a no from yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to know your story. It's been well publicised, but for the giddy up listeners out there, so you're uh, from New Zealand, of course, um, and when people talk about the leading bloodstock agents in the game, your name is usually the first mention. So how did you build the reputation and what was your big break in the game? Uh, basically, I started right at the bottom. I was picking up quite a lot of horse yeah. manure for a number of years and worked for good stables around the world. Went back to New Zealand, worked for New Zealand Bloodstock for Peter Vella for 10 years. And uh, when I decided to go, I had a, quite a few good punters with me. Yes. So we're at the sales here, the, the Melbourne Premier Sales. So the preparation that goes in to trying to, to find the next winks, like you found her, of course, on the Gold Coast. But... Um, how much work goes in and, and um, how difficult is it? Because it's not as easy as it looks. Uh, basically, we sort of stick to the same sort of process all the time. We try to buy the same shaped horses and you're trying to see the best looking horse walking around the ring before they come in, you know. So how many how many times do you want to look at a horse before you go, well, I've got to take this one home? Uh, we come here about five days before the sale starts myself and a couple of assistants and we go through the whole catalogue and then um, they'll show me the ones that they've picked out and I'll decide if they're good enough to go on my list and then we uh, walk around on the Thursday with Chris and look at probably 25 or 30 horses and then we get some vetted and mm -hmm. then we see uh, which ones we can afford. So what have you learned off guide Dan because you've got an, an important job you've got a, a, um, a pay rise and you've been elevated at Etain because you'll be picking out their horses um, for their new venture. So what have you learnt from Guy? Well, I certainly won't be picking them out, Gareth, but um, don't I, don't, like. I, I de definitely don't have the experience for that. But um, looking forward to that venture, which I'm sure we'll announce in, in weeks to come. But, um, oh, I thought we were right. it just got announced. Yeah. <laughs> it did. But, um, but Guy, um, Guy selected a yearling for, for the new venture with, uh, with Entain up at the Magic Millions. Uh, and we're going to be working closely with Guy in months and years to come, hopefully. And um, basically what I've learned off Guy is just having that industry connection. Um, his contact book is phenomenal and just learning different aspects of the industry through uh, a range of different areas, but not only that, but also over uh, a long period of time as well. So it's been great to just shadow him around and we have a laugh, which is the most important thing. Um, yeah. A bit of fun. We do. It's quite a long day when you look at 200 horses in a day. You've actually got to have a good wingman with you yeah. to, to throw a bit of shit around. And, yeah. you know, We've keep been up everybody. since 5 o'clock. And you have a lot of fun off the track as well, don't you, really? Yeah, like every day the... Saturday in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when you look at the results, you see Chris Waller at slash Guy Mulcaster. So when you when you think of Chris Waller in the modern... The modern um, the modern game, there's no, there hasn't been a more successful trainer. I think he turns 50 next year, just turned 49. And his record for Group 1 victories for a trainer to have that success under 50, well, he's, he's, on, he's, on, he's on his own. Um, no one's been able to do what he's been able to do in a short amount of time. So what makes him so great? I just think the attention to detail, the work ethic is just phenomenal. And he's always thinking about all the horses. Like he came down here on Thursday to look at these horses here, and we went through the stables at Flemington, looked at every horse, and made a few decisions on them. And that goes in the system, and that we look at them when there is spelling as well, and work out a plan for them. And hopefully, it comes right. What I found 
fascinating about Chris. I think it was on the Magic Million, during the Magic Million sales, and he purchased one of the top lots, and it was a colt, and I think he went straight down to see the horse in the box, and then he was talking to the staff and the girl that was looking after the, the yearling to to get an insight what the character the, the the what kind of character that colt was and so he can learn a little bit about that horse um from the early days of um his life and then obviously he thinks that could help him training a galloper like that i found that fascinating how he went straight to the team and not just to talk about the bosses to talk to the boss of the the, the farms but also the people that look after these horses yeah it makes such a difference these people have been with these horses for you know the 12 weeks they've had their preparation and they know all the ins and outs of them and also when we're buying a horse we're watching it in the back ring making sure it behaves itself and that sort of thing as well yeah um how many have you purchased you purchased a couple here we got you? three yesterday yeah yep and we're here today waiting for another one will you find a bargain book one's coming to an end and then book two do you, do you do you go to book two or you're too good for book two these days? <laughs> uh, we're always happy to buy a cheaper horse, Gareth. <laughs> um, you might have to get one for old Dan Syndicate these days. Surely you can. Why, why don't you put your hand up, mate? Well, Guy's been instructed to go to, to book one. Um, book one only at the moment anyway. <laughs> we're we're going to uh, go to the top, hopefully. Um, we'll see how that goes. But um, just a quick one, guys. Is there a favourite sale of yours around the world? We're not just going to limit to Australia. Mm. I tell you, Deauville's pretty good. You in go France, to, Yeah, yes. you go to Deauville, the race course and the sales ground are right next to each other. Yep. You go in your shorts, you sit under the trees, <laughs> you watch Group 1 racing all afternoon, and then you walk over to the complex and buy the horses at night. And if you buy a horse to a certain value... They give you a big bottle of champagne. I do, I'm a bit like, does Chris get a little bit worried about you? Because I thought, like, when I when I paint the picture of Guy Mulcaster before I met you, I thought, well, he'd be one of the most, um, which you are. Don't take this the wrong way, but I thought, like, you'd be in bed by 8 o'clock and making sure that you um, are fresh and ready to go. But you're one of the, the, my great inspirations in life. <laughs> they call him the captain. Um he just delivers a show when he's out. He's the, the life of the party, but then you rock up here and dominate. Yeah, but remember, we had a drink the other night yes. at the atrium bar, yeah. and you said we could come on the radio the next morning with you, and this tent wasn't open for the next two days. No. So obviously you'd had a couple of big nights as well. Well, well the captain, they, they tell me that, like, you're very hard to get to. Like, you don't like to do too much media because you're the number one at what you do. And and you don't like to give too many secrets away. No, there's no secrets. <laughs> um, if someone else said, all right, because Jack Dickens, you know, Dicko, he joins us. And he's, a, as Wayne Hawks and Johnny O'Neill called him the other day, the Bush Ranger. And I remember before the classic, he said, oh, Gareth, Guy Mulcaster's <laughs> gave me a list and he's going to help me. And I'm, I can't talk to you because he's, he's, he's a busy man. He's given up an hour of his time to show me around. And I thought to myself, Dicko... He's not going to give you the ASAP, brother. What did, has he got a future or not? He asked me if I could find him a couple of horses that might have been under the radar. <laughs> and I looked at my notes and I gave him a little list and the yeah. first one came out and made 180000 <laughs> So I think that was the end of Dicko. Yeah. <laughs> and he says your best mates, however. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I've met him once. Yeah. <laughs> well, so how many, have you, how many have you got on... Don't give away your numbers or anything like that, but how many do you want to buy today? One. Just the one? Yeah. I'm excited. 
I'd just, you know what I'd be doing here? What would you be doing? I'd, just, I'd, I'd follow you and like... What um, do you think I'm doing? Yeah, no, but I wouldn't <laughs> let him know that I'm following him and then and then follow you. Because you need to someone like, wouldn't you, when you start bidding on a horse, that would give it away, wouldn't you? You need a decoy, someone out wide, like mm. like a Dan Cobby to bid for well, you. Well, yesterday I was on the phone talking to a bloke that was going to buy a horse. Yep. And a good friend of mine that I used to work for, Michael Moroni, was sitting next to me. Yeah. And he goes, it's a bloody nice horse, but it can't walk. Yeah. And I go, well, thanks for that, Mike. You've just wrecked my sale. And I said, and when's the next walking race at Flemington? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mike, Wayne Hawks was telling the story about Mike Moroni's been telling everyone the Kiwis are just going to dominate. Um, this, the Autumn Carnival. Legato's won a Group 1. Imperatrice was a little unlucky. Sharp and Smart might win the Derby. New Zealanders might just take over this country soon. They might not as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, as I was say, they might not win the Derby. Yeah, who's going to win the Derby? Manzoice. It was a good run. I liked the last, two fur, uh, the last furlong of Manzoice. Would you recommend that we have something on with Bet365, Captain? Is there a boost? Yes. Is there any bonus bets? Yes. Get involved. <laughs> All right, then. Have you got a winner for us? Oh, I really like us. Aussie Pinko. I think he's a very good horse. Jeez. Oh, the, the boys were counting their cash, and unfortunately they got the news through that I reckon you've had a few temperatures when you've woken up and you've continued to run. Unfortunately, we can't run the horses when they've got a temperature. No, but no. we have to just bat through it, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we do. Just well, have a couple of Nurofen and work on. Yeah. <laughs> What's Ospipenko? Where's Ospipenko going next? Sounds like he's going to head to the rider, and then um, I guess he's got a few options beyond that. But I guess with a horse that's had somewhat of a setback is that to just try and get through to this next run first before you start worrying about down the track too much. And is Fangirl going to the Doncaster? Well, we're hoping she comes to the All-Star Mile, And aren't then we? after that, because I've got her in my futures bet for the Doncaster. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. She's got so many options, I think, with a, a filly like her. So yeah. let's see what happens. But um, she's been announced as one of the, the wild cards. So. Which is terrific. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Captain, geez, it's a privilege and honour to have you. Can, can we get a photo, Jacko? I need to get a photo with the Captain, because you know what? I've been trying to get Chris Waller on this show for I don't know how long and Dan promises me and he goes, well... We actually you, discussed it this morning, didn't we, Captain? You're more of a chance to get... 15 minutes we discussed yeah. this mm. so and he you, loves going on the radio, you, but you're going to have to ring him direct. Yeah, I know. Okay. He's, he's, got a, um, he's, he's, he's got a PR or a press sec that's very hard to... Um, well, she doesn't really like us. I don't think giddy up. So may, hopefully you can put in a good word for Definitely us. Definitely I'll do that in the next half an hour. And yeah. then he, Chris will probably be here to have a look at this horse we're going to buy today for about 25000 So Beautiful. Yeah, I'll he's going to give up his whole can, afternoon to come down radio, and see it. Yeah, um, we'll take 5% just to join the stable. Good Cheers, Gareth. Thank you. The farm that's just dominated proceedings has been Yearlong Farm and the boss of Yearlong here in Victoria, Sam Fairgrain. He joins us now along with um, myself, Gareth Hall, and Jackson France. First of all, saying congratulations, mate, because I remember, and we've mentioned this a few times when we've had a chat to you, but I still remember in the early part of September when we had were giving out your phone number to go and save a few of your yearlings and, and weanlings after the floods hit the farm there at Nagambi in the northern eastern part of Victoria. And we had people, um, our listeners, driving from Torquay and Gippsland to deliver some equipment like life jackets to try and help you save those horses and now um, a few months later you're a leading vendor at your your home sale it's it's been um, you must be so proud with what your team's been able to achieve 
um, over the last six months especially under under difficult circumstances. Yes, good morning. It, it was very difficult at the time and, um, yeah, we've, we've had um, great results here at the sale and the staff have done a fantastic job. Um, the whole spring um, really was was very difficult with you know how wet it was and and obviously trying to you know grow horses and and rear them and and then prepare them for the sale. But um, the compliments that we've had from uh, the people who inspected the the horses has, has been fantastic and it's testament to the the staff and the the effort they put in. The top end of the market, Sam, has been strong. You sold the unforgotten filly for $650,000. Was that probably the price range you were expecting for that lovely type there? The breeding needs no introduction out of the Group 1 winner for Chris Waller. Yes, we're, we're thrilled with that. Um, you know, it's the first foal of, of the mare and uh, she was a very nice filly. Um, so to, you know, to get 650 for the first foal, we're, we're very pleased and uh, obviously purchased by a good, uh, good judge in Seamus Mills. Um, so we're, you know, we're wrapped. We spoke the other week, Sam, when we had you on to preview your draft, and you were very confident the Alabama Expresses would be well received. They were selling north of 300000 at Magic Millions. What have you made of the crop here on the ground, and are you happy with how they've sold so far at the English Premier Sale? Yeah, absolutely. They've, um, yeah, they've sold very, very well, and uh, we're absolutely thrilled with you know, the response um, that we've had to Alabama Express. He's um, leaving a, a, a very consistent type. Um, you know, they're lovely horses, they're good-natured horses and uh, and they've been really well-received and, and gone to some good judges. It was great to see Grant get his first win of the other week with our V8. What have you made of his progeny on the ground so far and, and how they've been received by the market here? It's interesting. Uh, a couple of people have said to me they think the second crop of uh, Grunts are, are better physical. So, um, mm. you know, he's what he's done so far, obviously, with V8 and uh, we look forward to, to Saturday and the, the size produce. Um, so, um, but, uh, yeah, they've uh, been really well received as well, the grunts. Um, you know, people have, have obviously liked them last year, but at, uh, but this year they're you know they're coming back and, and looking for more of them. I see when Guy Molcaster, we just had him on the show, purchases a grunt. They must be doing okay. Absolutely, yeah. he's uh, a very very good. Very good judge, and uh, I think he's brought a, a Alabama as well. So, uh, you know, we're, we're great when uh, when you get the good judges that are on them, uh, uh, you know, wanting to buy them. It's great to see that they're going to good homes. But when you are preparing a draft, Sam, what um, goes into the decision-making process in terms of whether you send them to the Magic Millions or you keep them here for the English Premier Sale? So we sit down and we, we look at the, the whole crop and, uh, and we sort of see where, uh, where we think they'll be ideally, um, you know, ideally placed if, if we think they're a really early precocious yearling that, um, you know, would be very forward and would be able to prepare for a, a January sale, then we sort of head them that way. Um, obviously at the Melbourne ones, we, you know, get an extra, um, you know, sort of six weeks. So, um, you know, we look at that and consider that and, and look at the physical of the horse and, and try and match them up so we're not, you know, selling against ourselves either sort of thing, placing, um, you know, the horses are, you know, to advantage is the key. I think Andrew Jones should be um, sending some um, a, a big Christmas card with a couple of presents to yourself and, and the team there year long because you have put your eggs in the, the Victorian basket, basically. You've decided not to go to Easter and you could have gone to Easter. And um, Was that a difficult decision to make? And Because it was a massive punt for your farm to, to, to do that. No, obviously with um, you know, Victoria and the sale complex you know, being our, ho- our home ground, uh, maybe home ground advantage, but uh, yeah. we um, we want to support Victoria. Mr. Zhang has been very strong and, and very clear that um, you know he want, wants to you know build the Victorian industry, and and uh, we're in the process of doing that, and and we're starting to see the results, which is great. Is that the goal, Mr. Zhang, and yourself? That everybody thinks the Hunter Valley is the one-stop shop when it comes to breeding in this country, but 
Mr. Jang and Nigel Austin at um, Rosemont with Anthony Mithen have said, well, enough's enough. We're going to stand up for this state. We, we can breed some quality gallopers. Victoria's a, a wonderful state for racing, and it's time that we, we start to catch up. Absolutely, and uh, and that's what it is, and the inv- that's the investment that has come into the Victorian industry in the in the last few years is uh, is been substantial. So um, we're going to see the benefit of that in, in years to come. And you've got to remember that you know the likes of Sepoy and, and Black Caviar and, yeah. and so forth they're actually reared and 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 grown here in Victoria. So Nature champ- Strip, cha- Nature Strip, they can champions can come out of uh, Victoria, and uh, and years to come, I'm sure there'll be plenty more. You're currently the leading vendor by aggregate as well as average, and with the significant investment yourself and Mrs. Yang have put into the industry over the past few years, getting these really highly performed race mares off the track, it must be pretty exciting to know what awaits you in the future when we do see the progeny of those superstar mares like Melody Bale away game and the like put a file onto the ground and then bring them through these types of sales. Definitely, um, it is. It's an exciting time and uh, a lot of work and effort still has to go into um, you know to selecting matings that you know with them and then obviously the rearing of them so um, it's um, yeah a lot of effort but it's exciting times ahead how do you go about doing your matings you got some fantastic stallions on the farm written tycoon is the flag bear the sire of cool and gather and the like um, you know how do you go about picking the right stallion for your mare and ensuring that you're supporting your stallions but also going to some outside farms as well if you do have to and believe that that's going to be in the best interest of your mare so when we're heading into a sale or when we're looking at a purchase, purchase and a mare, we um, we think, think who you know who's she going to suit and, and so forth on pedigree and physically, so that um, you know we've already got our mind sort of set when we purchase her, yeah, you know, which way she's heading, and, and that's uh, with Written Tycoon, um, you know, obviously away game. She's you know not a big filly, but she's um, by Schnitzel. Physically, she suited him. Written Tycoon Schnitzel works very well. So well, Sam, congratulations, mate. Um, you should be proud with what you've been able to achieve, especially after what you went through in the, the start of the spring. And um, congratulations on a sale to remember and good luck in Adelaide. Thanks very much, guys. All the, the best. There's Sam Fairgrave from uh, the Yulong Farm.